Well, okay. Josh Fitzgerald has never been more ready to talk about whether Cher belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So uh, this is another one of these live panels that I plan on doing. No editing, no cutting, no nothing. I just wanted to um, invite. So if you, if anyone, if listeners haven't noticed or picked up already, what I'd like to do with these panels is this is my way of saying thank you to other podcasters who have invited me on their show. And uh, this is my way of giving back because the, the theme of my show doesn't lend itself to saying thank you very often. And so in this case, we are going to have a passionate, respectful, friendly, but also ball-busting conversation about whether <laughs> Cher belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's team- and you're, you're welcome. Yeah. yeah you're, by the way, you thank me because uh, the queen That's responded. Right. That's true. <laughs> I'm getting to that here in a second, Nick. So we have Team Nay and Team Yay. Team Nay is me and Scotty Coomer. Scotty, introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Scotty Coomer. I have a podcast called 10 Junk Miles. It's a podcast about uh, trail and ultra runners and their lives. And we uh, talk a lot about music. I'm kind of a music fanatic. I've got, uh, I've had a few musicians on the show. I actually referred one to John, Paul yep. Peterson, you know, uh, but I'm less of a technical know-how about the music industry and more of a, I've been a, a music nut my entire life and uh, I love talking music. I was just on a, another podcast where we debated the new Rolling Stone top 500 albums of all time. And Ooh. it was really, a really, really cool discussion. So I like these kinds of talks. I love that kind of stuff too. Yeah, Scotty uh, is the one who hooked us up with Paul Peterson, St. Paul Peterson, which was great. And he had me on, even though I'm not a runner, I used to be more of a runner, but um, just to talk music on his podcast a couple of years ago, it was great. And, and everyone then, uh, loved it and it got downloaded a ton. I know. Really, really his, good. Uh, people loved it. Your podcast is way more popular than my podcast. So it's eerie to me that more people listen to me talk to you about music than they have listened <laughs> to me. So anyway, then we have Josh Fitzgerald on here of Team I don't know why I'm waving. It's a podcast. That's true. <laughs> so, Josh, introduce yourself. Hello, I am Josh. Um, I host the Movies That Rock podcast, which has been kind of in dormancy for a few months now, but um, I might hopefully pick up the reins again at some point soon. Uh, basically, it's a simple con- concept. Um, people come on to talk about music-related films um, and film, either films that they love. Sometimes it's a film we hate um, or it's a film we haven't seen. We just kind of we watch it separately and then we get uh-huh. together, analyze it, talk about it. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty basic, pretty fun. Yeah. It's fun. Josh, bless his heart, had me on twice. We got to discuss with Michael mm-hmm. Backford, our friend. Uh, first, on the good side, we discussed the Rush <laughs> documentary from the lighted stage. And um, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. From the lighted yes. stage? Yes. Yes. Anyway, yes. whatever it is, <laughs> I love that one. And then we did an epic conversation about staying alive. Oh, which is <laughs> that was one of the best episodes of Josh's show because I because I, I remember seeing that many years ago and it brought uh-huh. back all the memories that I kind of yes. wish I forgot. It is a classic <laughs> Sorry, pleasure we piece of garbage. Posted it with a trigger warning, so yes, you yes. did. So I will say that you did do that. <laughs> so anyway, um, yes, thank you, Josh. Team Yay, uh, Nick, fill us out here. What tell us about yourself? Sure. So my name is Nick uh, Bamback, and I host the Rock and Retrospect mm-hmm. podcast. And I've had Josh and John as guests. They John was on our Duran Duran episode, um, and of course in excess. And then Josh was on the Judy Sill episode, and there was another one. And now, oh, Kate Bush. Um, 
I don't, I'm like, I'm forgetting. Um, but uh, no, my show kind of focuses on artists' lives, careers, impacts, and legacies on popular culture and music. And we also talk about award shows and movies and all kinds of topics that relate to rock and roll in the past. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Nick, we've been, the four of us have been talking about doing this now for three or four we- three or four weeks, but haven't been able to do it until today. And there was a flashpoint of why this needed to be done now. Can you tell us, Nick, why, what happened exactly to spark this conversation? So I write about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a lot. I mean, my podcast doesn't focus as much on it. It's part of some of the episodes, but it's not the overall arch and theme. And I usually have a um, top 100 list that I compiled of like a ranked list of who is the most worthy for adoption. And Cher was 20 a few years ago when I started. And last year she was number three. And I'm very passionate that she should have been in like decades ago. And um, every year after the ceremony, which I usually attend, and I attended the 2019-2021 with Josh, and I just went to the one um, in Los Angeles last um, month. And what happened was I was in the airport, and usually every year I sit down and I think of who's an artist I really want in that has never been nominated. And sometimes I get lucky, like I had Duran Duran last year, I wrote a tweet that just said, oh, Duran Duran should get in, like they're a great band. And it was mainly because of the conversation me and John had and they got in. So oh, this- Thanks to us. Oh, I, I think we did everything that laid the groundwork for uh, for them getting in. Um, <laughs> but uh, I decided share because I was watching um, a Dolly Parton documentary in the airport because I had a four hour layover from LA to where I live, um, and what happened was I was watching a documentary and then I was reminded of this photo that Dolly Parton tweeted with her and Cher. And like, it was just said, oh, here's my old pal Cher. And it was a very cute picture. I'm sure you guys have all seen it because it kind of went viral. And I thought like, yeah, Cher should get in. And she's number three on my list. And she's probably the most egregious snub in terms of never being on a ballot ever with Sonny and Cher or Solo. And Le- John Lambro, who's our great friend, uh, did not agree, and this conversation kept going back and forth with other people um, over Most the course of. of we're many- on your side, admittedly. Yeah, like uh, I think it was like Scotty and I were the more more outspoken on our side. I think it was like ninety nine to two. No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, Cher, because I tagged her in the initial post because never in a million years would I ever think that Cher would even look at my account, would know I exist. And she responded to one of, I think, John or John Mudford's tweets or responses. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the exact quote, but basically in true rock and roll fashion, Cher basically said she doesn't give a flying F about yes. the rock and roll fame and that she changed music forever with Believe. And she basically said, you know, I'm amazing. I'm yeah. rock and roll. Screw you guys. <laughs> and I don't need this this uh institution uh-huh. to validate my legacy and i, I, I would feel just like flirt. that right there could just be the episode we've made our case have a great day <laughs> oh no 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 oh no. yes i think I so have pages of notes here pages spelling why you everything you're saying is true um okay okay hold well, on saying that everything you're saying is true but I, but I also want to throw out there that you know, yes, like maybe the fact that she has time to chime in is evidence against her being in the Hall of Fame. 
You know, she's got nothing better to do than watch the Twitter of us. You better watch yourself, Scotty, because she writes in caps and she's not afraid to use it when she wants to. But I know I, I will say this much. Like, I actually think that Cher is actually on your guys' side, not Nick and I's uh, side, uh-huh. to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Can I ask a foundational question of you guys as the experts, though, before we even dive into this? The, the one thing that I was thinking about is, in terms of, con- of consideration, is Sonny and Cher's body of work excluded from the conversation? Very good question. So that's a question that's a good one. Um, so it's impossible to, because if you think about the Rock Hall in the last few years has consolidated inductions of people who have been overlooked and are finally getting their due. The most recent example is Lionel Richie. So when I was at the ceremony and Lionel got in as a solo artist, they included in the video package Lionel's time with the Commodores. And he also performed Easy, which was one of his biggest hits that he wrote with the Commodores. And I think you're seeing this trajectory too of these consolidation of inductions of people who probably should have been in two times, like Lionel should be in twice, both solo and Commodores. But you're going to see that with Shaka Khan and Rufus, like they're going to just probably put in Shaka Khan because it kind of triumphs over anything that she did with Rufus because she's Shaka Khan. The same would happen with like Patti LaBelle. Patti LaBelle is just such a, an, like a huge name that yeah, like Lady Marmalade is probably her biggest song with uh, uh, LaBelle, but people probably can't think of, the other two members, even though LaBelle is amazing, that's just the way that they're going. And they've been kind of doing that ever since the beginning when they didn't really induct bands. And that was a whole issue. Like Buddy Holly got in with the crickets, um, without the crickets in 86 and Smokey Robinson without the miracles. And it's kind of been this constant issue of like, do you just put in the front man or the lead singer or the main person, or do you put in the entire entity? And I think at this point, it's almost impossible to separate it because she's never been on a ballot with Sonny or without Sonny. And I think that- Maybe the reason for that is that Sonny and Cher don't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame either. Well, what do you think I mean, about that? No, I mean, the thing is- it's they, like it's, the They're miracles. a one hit, one and a half hit wonders, basically. I got you, babe. Everyone knows mm-hmm. that. Beat um, goes on. It's a great song. It was uh, a not hit. Everyone yeah. knows it. it was a hit. It's not like Britney an enduring Spears covered hit. Okay. 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 The reason why I only did share solo is because I wanted to open it for other artists that maybe have not did that. So like, for example, if it was like, um, who is an artist that, oh, like, I would have to think of someone, but there's an example of that, like where I had to kind of pick and choose an artist because it was the band or the solo artist, but I wanted to open it as much as possible to other artists that I don't think get talked about in the conversation uh, for the rock hall. Okay. okay. Well, let me, um, let me, let me run this. Let me throw some things out here. It's my show, so I can be in charge here <laughs> if I want. Um, so I was doing some legwork on this and um, on the rock and roll hall of fame website, when I was mm-hmm. Googling what what's the criteria to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and uh, I found a bunch of things that I'm going to throw out you in a minute. But on the website itself, it says their music not only moved generations, but also influenced the sound of countless artists that followed. Right. To me, Cher, Cher's music has not really moved generations. Um, she's not an influence to future generations. Um, I wanted to ask you, does, does Cher 
have an album that would belong in the top 500 of all time. Well, does Lionel Richie have one? Does uh, Can't like... Slow Down might be, and his body of work. It's not as far as hits. Um, he's got what enough hits to fill out, you know, a at least one disc greatest hits. There's like 20 of them, 25 of them. I could. Re- I have a couple of things I want to say to that. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I guess if you could stretch, maybe Heart of Stone, maybe Believe, and also about the whole thing about like not influencing generations. If it wasn't for the song Believe, mm-hmm. 21st century dance music as we know it wouldn't exist. Yeah. Absolutely. And to add to your point, John, um, she is on the 500 songs list because Believe is quite high on the list. I think it's in like the 300 range okay. when they updated okay. it last year. Did she write that song? Did she? Yeah, have, I think she does have credit I think on she it. does have a write-in I don't credit know about that. I, if she does, it's one of those tacked on things. And I don't know how. What does it matter? And not even that, like, I think something that's really amazing about that song in particular is that she didn't need auto-tune because she can't sing. Cher, if you listen to, like, the non-auto-tune version of Believe, Mm -hmm. she can still belt it out. And she's, like, in her early 50s. And it's like a you-go-girl kind of moment because, like, she could belt it out. And it's amazing. They added it because they thought, like, it would kind of enhance the song just to give it something, an extra, Mm -hmm. like, pizzazz almost. But not, like, a crutch. There's right. seven songwriters listed for the for the song. So okay. well, Beyonce okay. has like fifty. So like you yeah. know, the, Beyonce's they, amazing. Right. Um, also, too, like to, I'm throwing this out there just for speculation. Like the Supremes, would they they don't have an album that would really belong in the top 500 albums of all time? But nobody okay. would really argue with them being in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, uh, so let me ask you this: Does the introduction of Auto Tune deserve Rock Hall? Uh, uh, consideration to me that's like introducing a drum machine which actually would be actually in that if that's the case i would be much more uh inviting of whoever brought in like human league or something like that because they did revolutionary things with synthesizers whereas share like was it her decision to auto-tune that song probably not it's probably the producer's decision to auto-tune that song share is usually a puppet in someone else's hands and so let me uh, let me run down this uh, this list of things that I have here. Let's say if we were going to take the criteria of what goes into whether someone belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, on a scale of one to 10, I'm going to throw out six different things here, different ideas, and you tell me where she falls. Innovation. If innovation is a prerequisite to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Scotty, what would you give Cher on a scale of one to 10 in terms of innovation for her career? I would say believe slash auto tune 10, the rest of her career, four or five. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, would, I don't think overall she's a very innovative artist. Yes. Okay. Okay. Nick, what would you say about innovation? So are you saying about her entire career or just her the entire song solo play? career? I am not counting Sunny sure. and Cher because she was largely a puppet in Sonny's hands at that period. So, but you, her solo but you career. have to also consider of the time period and like the role of women and not necessarily discount okay, okay. that she necessarily well, that's coming up there's like i said there's six other that. categories here. Um, so in terms of I would innovation say, i would say nine i mean a 10 is a really hard but i'll say a nine for two reasons with sunny and share she helped popularize folk rock and it helped kind of bring the folk duo to the forefront of popular music and a song like i got you babe for example this is sunny and share that i'm just thinking of is still a song that people know today 
Like, like that's it's just a, such a ubiquitous. But everybody song. knows and, "Walking on Sunshine." That doesn't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But Fame. to compare her to Katrina and uh, and I the think late, they're, I think that's yeah, just a, that's, that's. I think like, I bet people have the same spot a, in their heart for "Walking on Sunshine." But, as they but do. I think that, who has a Kennedy Center honor, an Oscar? <laughs> like, 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 come on. Okay, I mean, I so also think fifty years from now, people will still know "I Got You, Babe." Fifty years from now, people will not know "Walking on Sunshine." Well, okay. Right. And okay. that's also stuck in a decade, like the 80s. Iconic like you'll song. hear them in the 80s, okay. where other people covered it, like Chrissy Hine and UB40 covered it in the 80s. And it, I mean, I'm sure there's other people that covered it later on. Also, it's shared with the innovation. I think if you think about her career as a whole, like as a solo artist, she practically set the template for the modern pop singer, especially for women. She, the, the constant reinvention, the constant. Uh, adaptability versatility which i think is why she, her legacy is so strong she has so much of that in spades in terms of believing in herself and i'm not saying it to be like mm -hmm. ironic but it's just like i think she's empowering to other artists male or female to say you know what i can do what i want to do i will be successful and i have and she doesn't care what anyone thinks and to me that's the true spirit of rock okay. and roll and her versatility is also in other genres rock folk yeah. Um, um, pop, uh, yeah. disco. She's a puppet she, in the hands of whoever, whatever Bruce. But, but that's discounting to... her role, though, in terms of her like innovativeness or her her like. No, I don't know. Uh, to me, Bowie who do you think hires for producers? Oh, well, okay. Uh, uh, I mean, Barry Manilow does these things. Liza Minnelli does these things. I think I would put Liza Minnelli has an Oscar. I would put them more in the same category than. You make you make Cher sound like she's Bowie esque, but she's more like Bette Midler esque. Bette Midler doesn't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Barbara Streisand. Yes, Barbara Streisand. Well, wait a now, second. Don't get me what wrong. Do you, Dolly Parton you... doesn't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but they they belong in the Entertainers Hall of Fame. They belong in the Pop Culture Hall but of Fame. Her music has always been distinctly pop and rock, like her whole career. To to not say that is but she's kind never of really a been disservice. A okay, let me. Well, okay, let's hear from Josh. Scale of one to ten, innovation. I was kind of teetering between an eight and a nine, and I think they kind of convinced me to go to a nine. Ooh. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, ooh, this is spicy. I like. Yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, for all the reasons he, he, that that he said, she was a, a tremendous trendsetter. Like there was a time, like for probably two decades, where she was maybe the biggest trendsetter in the entertainment mm -hmm. industry. Mm -hmm. Um. It, like even just musically speaking, I mean, thinking getting, you know, we already talked about believe, but even if you think about, you know, like take me home, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of was like ushered in a lot, a lot of the mm -hmm. disco sound, you know, we think mm -hmm. about if I could turn back time, which is arguably more of a rock song than many of the people who are already in the hall of fame. Mm -hmm. Like that was like, Oh, a female rocker. And she's, you know, she's been doing this for decades and she can still kick ass at it. You know, uh, that, that was just fighting against ageism in that sense too. Like to have a hit when she was like 54 with one of the maybe most groundbreaking dance songs ever recorded is wildly innovative. True. Um, okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. One yeah. other thing that came to my mind while you were talking though, is that it seems to me that her innovation, if you set aside believe her innovation isn't tied to her artistry as a, as a singer. She's not writing iconic songs. She's not singing other than believe in an innovative way. She's a pop cultural innovator. She's a mm -hmm. she's a cultural icon. But I don't think that 
other, you know, setting aside Believe, which I gave the nine, I don't think that the rest of the music she did shifted or changed the way that 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 pop music was in those eras. She had hits, but it's not like there's artists like like Cindy Lauper is pointing back to saying, you know, gypsies, tramps, and thieves changed my life and made me the artist that I am today. I don't see her as being innovative as an artist in pop music. Well, to be quite hold frank, on, on like it second. is really hard to be innovative. Like, like, like there are people in the rock roll fame who aren't really that innovative per se, but they defined a certain era, a, a genre, a style, something to make that. And I think also what Cher took to the ad is her contralto voice is so distinctive. You hear one note, you know it's Cher. And I think that's sure. a very rare quality of a singer and she's also really great at ballads i think like mm -hmm. some of those songs are like torch songs in many ways and i think it kind of continues that tradition of like for the 40s and 50s with the earliest rock and rollers like I know, dark lady and i recognize the crash test dummy guy's voice and whenever i hear it but i don't think he belongs in the rock hall for it so let's talk about the next thing on my list here is influence this is speaks this speaks to a lot of what you guys have said oh by the way for innovation i would have given her about a five and that's largely because of fashion, which I'll get to more in a minute, and uh, and belief, that which, again, I don't know that she introduced a style of music that was all that uh, welcome, I guess. I mean, it was like, you know, it kind of changed things there for a while. So influence. I give Sharon influ rock and roll influence, not cultural influence, not, however you want to define this. To me, rock and roll influence, I give her about a four. And that usually goes back to something like fashion, um, the broadening of her career. She, you know, goes out. She can act. She can sing. She can dance. She can entertain. She, she's an, a multi-hyphenate. These kinds of things are influential. Uh, are they influential for the Rock Hall? Not necessarily. But Scotty, what do you think about influence? I think this is where she's going to rate really high for me. Uh, she's going to be an eight or a nine. Okay. As a kid, my my sister had the little share set for the you know the share show when she had her own show share mm has -hmm. uh, been around my entire life she's a fashion icon an actress icon she's a personality uh, inspiration for women advocate for good causes i mean i think that in that in that sense she's an iconic person and i think that that was highly influential throughout her entire life okay good nick what do you think of influence you kind of spoke on this like, earlier on the like larger scale or just rock and roll or however, however if, if if influence is a prerequisite to get into the rock hall what do you think how would you give her on a scale of one to ten her influence as it pertains to the rock and roll hall of fame oh a, a ten it, it, she is a ten a solid ten for where they are right now where they they she should have been the problem with share i think is that male critics in particular were always dismissive of her work almost like how they were for carly simon for so many years just blatant sexism and blatant just dismissal of artists work that you know who gets the last laugh in the long run it's ultimately the artists when there's the reevaluations and the stuff but uh for me i think you know if i said to and even before we recorded this episode i just asked random people who follow music who follow the rockle who don't really follow it their opinion about share in the rockle and almost everyone said that she should be in. And some people had like angry reactions. Like, wait a second, she was never nominated. She's never appeared really. And then people kind of get that like reaction or emotion. And to me, like that's a sign of someone who should be in. Like if people know who they are, 
like that's like speaks volumes especially when they can name songs from that artist and you know i don't know like that's just how i feel but she's a solid how many, 10 in terms how of how many points. share songs do you think the common person could name I would say at least six. And I think all you need for me, for someone who writes and follows and talks about the rock hall, you need, I think, at least six songs to make a good Hall of Fame case. If you have six songs in your catalog that people generally know, I think you're always a contender. I think I know a lot about music and I could name six um, share songs. If I really had to think about it, I could, but I don't think I could. We got to get you that like Spotify, like essentials. I, or I should. Yeah. <laughs> She's got her. Essentials. You know, I was, I was listening. I was skimming through it actually, before we hopped on on Spotify, just to confirm that I wasn't missing anything. Yeah. Other than turn back time, believe there's a couple of those rock songs from the eighties that I liked heart of stone and, um, found someone gypsies, tramps and thieves. That's pretty much it. I don't know that you're going to hear much else besides that uh, wild Josh uh, influence. Oh, easy 10, easy 10. Mm. Like every, everybody knows who she is. Everybody can, like you said, name songs by her. I don't know. I don't know if longevity is, a, is something that's going to be coming up later as one of the categories, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that certainly plays on as well. So I won't, I won't like get into that yet, but yeah, I mean, it almost, it's it's share like I don't even know what else to say about it. I mean, you could if yeah. if you're talking even music and influence like beyond you know like more recent stuff we talked about and and um you know like and all her dance music in the 21st century, which is I will say um has been incredibly influential. Like even beyond believe, like she's had a lot of like tremendously huge club hits um that don't really get radio play, but, but are frequently played in, in clubs around the world. But like, um, even going back to the early sixties, like she influenced Nancy Sinatra to cover bang, bang and have a big hit out of it. And that was her song originally. Mm -hmm. She, she sang on, she sang vocals on be my baby by the Ronettes, you know, mm -hmm. like that's like, that's how far back she reaches. And that's how, like, that's how much of an influence I think that she's had. I don't know, but and she's worked with so many like icons like David Bowie and Tina Turner and like always in that orbit. And if they think that she's special, <laughs> they're in it like deserves to be in their company. She must be doing something right. Okay. That's how I always look at it. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to press you push back on that idea here in a little bit, Nick. OK, so influence or longevity is on my list. So keep talking about longevity here, Josh, then scale of one to 10. You obviously believe strongly. Oh, 10, 10. Yeah. I can't think of anybody who's been not just in the industry as long as she has, but has maintained her, her iconic status mm -hmm. and her, her popularity for as long as she has. Like I said, like mm -hmm. she's been at this since the early, I think the first share album was like 62, 63, um, something like that. And like I said, like she sang with the Ronettes, like on that, you know, on one of the defining pop songs of the sixties um she had those early hits with and without Sonny you know like she sang mm -hmm. she originally sang Alfie which made it onto the film you know the Burt Backrack song um hits in the 70s Gypsies Trance and Thieves and Darkly and then of course Take Me Home but like it just it goes on and on and on and on and on like mm -hmm. it's exhaustive like just her mm -hmm. list of just musical credits um, okay. just over decades like I can't think of a single person that even comes close to be okay. honest with Scotty, what do you think? Maybe of Barbara Streisand, but yeah. even she hasn't really like maintained that popularity. Like she hasn't had chart hits the way shit yeah. the way Cher has continued to. True. Okay. Ten. I mean, 
there's there's no argument there. She's been yeah. for, she's been relevant forever. Okay. Okay. Um, that's a good concise answer. Nick, what do you think? 10? Oh, an absolute solid 10. And to add to Josh's point, uh, Cher is the only artist to have a number one song in six consecutive decades. No one else had, can claim that. And the sheer fact that she has been famous since she was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Like that is amazing. Just to, mm-hmm. just to think about with, I got you babe in 1965. What, so just the- let that sink in. Like as old as my parents are, She's been famous and she's maintained that for decades and her versatility and adaptability is almost unheard of in an industry that you would think would want to suppress her, but she always gets the last laugh and she's at absolute uh, 10 from that regard. Mm-hmm. Was it the, in the last 20 years though? Cause yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm confused on the, the tens and the twenties. I don't think she has one. Well, she had number one hits on like the dance charts, which still counts as like a billboard number one hit um but she had number ones like on the pop charts 60s 70s 80s and 90s okay i just want to clarify that because i was looking at the u.s charts and saying mm-hmm. i didn't see anything in the 10s and the 20s so yeah, yeah. it's been primarily like dance club hits but yeah that's mm-hmm. been like woman's world was a number one club hit in 2013 i think yeah okay so. um like i, I think had... the old adage that she said herself she's like after the nuclear holocaust there'll be cockroaches and share <laughs> Yes, I. Yes. Um, as far as pop culture longevity, she's a ten. As far as rock music longevity, I give her like a four. Um, I just don't think her because I don't think you. You can talk all you want about hits in various decades. As as I mentioned earlier, I can only think of two that still get played today with any kind of regularity. And um, John, neither can of I them... just add something though? She what? had a number one hit with Believe after she was almost a full decade after she was eligible for the rock right that's That's amazing just to just to put that into context like their first ballot hall of famers who can't even claim that and i'm not saying like necessarily she's a first ballot or whatever but it i think that that's absolutely astounding that that she did that it is that's that was a real triumph and a real comeback what i feel like a point you're almost proving you guys are almost proving for me is that a lot of what makes her hall worthy is on the heels of this one song, Believe. And that's that could also be said for Percy Sledge and When a Man Loves a Woman. Uh, that's the only song anybody ever knows about Percy Sledge. And it's a legendary song. And it got him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but to me, it got, a, it got him in undeservingly. He's basically like a one-hit wonder. I think what we should do is we should maybe d- erase Believe from the conversation right, right now. Absolutely. Because okay. I could still, like, my case stands even if that song never existed. Oh, yeah, it, okay, me good. too. Okay. And she has other songs that are in the cultural cell guys and ubiquity okay. that is definitely okay. up there. Okay. Um, I just want to say for the record, if we remove Believe, my 10, the last nine, they stay the same, but my first vote goes back down to five. Okay. Okay. Um, let's talk about songwriting. Where would you now? I I have tried to check myself when I look at this as a as a uh, as a prerequisite because there are a lot of well-deserving singers who are interpreters of songs that are in the rock hall, like an Aretha Franklin or a Whitney Houston that didn't necessarily write their music. To some degree, Linda Ronstadt. I have issues with Linda being in the rock hall, but I can understand why she's there. And so I don't, I know, I know. So I, um, to me, if you can take another's work and you can interpret it in a way that changes the culture, like 
Aretha's respect or like Whitney's half her career and everything else, then you deserve some some consideration. I personally don't think that Cher has that kind of impact on when she sings a song, but maybe you feel differently. Do you want, I can see Nick's face contorting into all these grimaces. Argue with me, Nick. Well, here's the thing. So um, I don't think writing your own songs is a qualifier or disqualifier for the Rock Roll of Fame. Like Josh said, the Supremes never wrote any of their own songs. Elvis never wrote any of his own songs. And he was a okay. charter member of the Rock Roll of Fame. For and being... I, can I jump in real oh, quick to say sure. also that being said, they also never covered anybody's songs either. They were given songs that they that they made into hits. And that's kind of, okay. I think, where Cher comes in to this. That's a really well. good point, Josh. That's a really great point to add to that. Um, no, I think like, I think the best way to look at Cher is like through the lens of like someone like Tina Turner. They have very identical careers yeah. and she's a two-timer and she got in. And I will say like, you know, Tina never really wrote any songs, for, for example. Like she did write some songs, but I don't think Cher wrote that many either. And would you say Tina Turner is not worthy then by that criteria? Um, no, I, yeah, I do think she has, but I think her work has greater cultural impact than Cher's work does in a rock and roll, within the rock and roll genre. Well, I mean, Tina collaborated with her and like performed on stage with her like multiple times. And like, she's always like with um, other artists. I don't know. I just think that to say someone didn't write songs makes them not worthy is kind of like, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's okay. what you do with the work that matters and okay. how you present yourself. And I mean, like there's plenty of like probably songwriters that are eligible that'd be like, you know, mm -hmm. just because you write your own songs doesn't mean you make them worthy. Well either i don't think john's saying that that this is a criteria that she has to have to get in he's just saying where would you rank her as a songwriter as one yeah. of the many things that we're evaluating and when i look up songs written by Cher and i you know pull up the wikipedia page there's like 17 of them and i've never heard of a single one of them and they don't list believe on there either mm -hmm. so i mean i don't think that she is or anyone's ever said she was a great songwriter mm -hmm. well I'd that's kind of my point almost is that she's sort of not really seen in that perspective that's almost like trying to look for something to use against her well i don't know like she's... i say i say that because in my mind someone like a carly simon deserves to get in ahead of a linda or a um or a share because she did both she was she was a you know she had power in both areas she could write her own songs she has a lot of hits and she took control of her career that way she wasn't a puppet for someone else um Cher, needed someone else to help her in order to interpret their songs in a way that made an impact. She wasn't necessarily leading that cause on her own. I don't know. I think that that's, that's just, that's okay. not a, the okay. way the prism of how to look at that is it's trying to make it seem like she had no creativity. And I think that that's the opposite. Yeah, I, and think. I, I kind of like the, the, the idea of her as like a puppet quote unquote, I, I feel like it's, is very like, like, I'm I can I'm almost certain that she made the overwhelming majority of her own career choices um and 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 kind of had autonomy in that respect and so she was able to pick the producer that she wanted to work with and pro and of course I'm sure because she had so much power in the industry was able to make the final call on what it sounded like you know what I mean if she wasn't like turning the knobs or anything like that or, or strumming the guitar herself like it's ultimately it's her music you know okay um another category i had written down here was fashion now i don't 
I don't personally think that fashion should get you directly into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but fashion with everything else, if because I think of someone like Bowie, if you can innovate musically, culturally, sexually, fashionably, then it just is adding prongs to your to the impact of your of your artistic life. I will give her huge props fashion. She's gone in and out of fashion and um but in some cases she does it very well. I give her about an 8 for fashion. Scotty, what are you thinking of in terms of fashion? I would say 10. Okay. Me. Yeah. I think she's a fashion icon. Yes. Okay. Good. Josh, what about you? Nick, you have the most to say. I'm going to come to you last. E easy 10 and that should be the only criteria that gets her in. No, I'm kidding. Oh, really? <laughs> That's fashionably good. Well, then Liberace belongs in the Rock and Roll yes. Hall of Fame. Okay. Nick, fashion. I guess, a, I guess a 10. Like, you know, people know her fashion trends and um, like from like something like if I could turn back time, like she got banned on MTV for the risque outfit she wore, for example, like during that. But then there's uh, so many examples of her just having these outrageous flamboyant fashion statements that people still remember to this day and um okay. yeah i mean like she's like didn't she like inspired like do a doja cat or do a lipa or something like recently like with her style on like something so i mean she's still innovated in that regard yeah okay can we loop back to that though because you raise a point and this is so like one of the things i did was i ran on the treadmill and watched the videos I, you know i call it like the treadmill test and one, I couldn't get through any of the videos. The only one that I really enjoyed was the Shoop Shoop song, only because uh -huh. Winona Ryder and Christina Ricci were so cute. Uh -huh. But the one thing that struck me is she is practically naked in every single video. And I kind of got to this point watching these videos thinking she's got to be almost naked and she's vocally limited, you know? Uh -huh. And it just made me think like, that's part of the spectacle. Like, could uh -huh. she have been, what would Cher have been if she wasn't, a really, really attractive woman and wasn't out there in those outfits and things like that. I don't think that she, I don't think that we'd be talking about her today at all. Good point. I mean, Elton John wore outlandish outfits and stuff like that in the seventies, but he had the songs, multiple hits songs to back up the kind of outlandishness. Again, I can see Nick's face just wanting to explode. Talk to us, Nick. I mean, <laughs> It's part of the spectacle that is rock and roll, right? Like rock and roll, you're putting on a show and you want people to remember what you're supposed to do. That's like that outlandishness. And um, like that's part of what makes her so special is that she leaves an impression on you. Whether you like her or not, you remember who she is. And for me, that is part of why she's so great is that she's so resilient and she defies the odds. Like a woman in her 40s, to have an MTV hit, for example, like with the string of songs that she had in the late 80s, it's outstanding. And it, that's why I think it's like, we should think of her almost in the sense of like a Tina Turner, this figure of empowerment and um, just like, she's a great friggin' artist in that regard. And she's just, I don't know, I I, I just, I- Can um, I can I ask, can I throw yes. a question out there? Yeah. Do you, do you guys all think that Madonna belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Great 100%. question. 
Hundred percent. Why? Sorry. Because Madonna was almost always naked. She had a very limited voice and didn't untrue. produce their own. Untrue. <laughs> and I was just going to use that. Called sex. No, no, no. I was just going to use that as an example. If you, if I do that same test, that video test with Madonna, Lady Gaga, someone that has a a, a large body of work, there's going to be some songs where Madonna's in like a, a sweater and jeans and Papa Don't Preach, and there's some where it's like a serious duet where she's a material girl where she's wearing like a fancy dress. Every it's almost like her almost being nude propped up every single video. And, and, and I went all the way back to half breed. She's a very culturally insensitive Native American <laughs> on a horse. That's that naked. song is, is every very single politically song, she's almost naked. You know? Yeah. Well, it, like I it mean, needed to be done in order for people to pay attention. Otherwise they may not have been. Yeah, I don't know. Like she did that as a statement to stay relevant was part of that was part of her spectacle. And I think that's why we're talking about her today is that we remember what she did and how her um, presence has never gone away. Like she could easily headline articles and news stories. And I think Madonna and Lady Gaga and almost every pop diva post 60s has taken some kind of uh something from shares out of her playbook like, i guess she was I, pretty I fully fully dressed Gaga, in believe i think, I think. believe yeah, all the okay. shows her head yeah yeah um yeah. other than gaga i can't think of a single artist that i would consider a pop or rock artist who would claim share as being in the top 10 of their influences I can't think Sydney of Lauper. Sydney Lauper. Okay, always... but Sydney Lauper doesn't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame either. Oh, don't. Oh, that's another conversation. <laughs> You'll be disappointed because he's going to get inducted. I, in the next I few wanted years. to say that just to see what would happen. I could. I could kind of. I could kind of see Sydney. Sydney. Um, yeah. Sydney's Sydney biggest her... hit of all time was a cover. I know. I, right. Yes. A lot of her big hits were covers, those early ones. She's in the uh, Songwriters Hall of Fame, too, and she has like all these awards, and people forget that she's hmm. pretty much up there. She's going to get in with the next two or three years, I'm telling you. That's, I, I, I might come around to that. And I should state for anyone who's listening, I feel adamantly that Cher doesn't belong, but I also feel adamantly that Dolly Parton didn't belong either. And that's not because I don't love Dolly Parton. I love Dolly Parton. I think most people love Dolly Parton. Dolly herself would say she didn't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In fact, she did. And so it's not that I like I don't care if Cher gets in. That's fine. I understand. It's a big umbrella. It can be a big umbrella. I just don't think it fits the criteria. Let me ask you this. Now, these were some questions that I had, some ideas I have that I feel like are kind of the nails in the coffin of the argument whether she belongs. Would Cher have ever been considered for any of the Woodstocks? 69, 94, 99. Does any any promoter or organizer of the Woodstock think of themselves, you know who we need on this bill? Cher. Not solo, but Sonny and Cher could have been considered. For yeah, the I was going to say okay. maybe. Yeah, I was going to say definitely Sonny and Cher, 69. Okay. And Were they? Did they get on there? I mean, no. there are a lot of great artists Monterey that didn't Pop. get on that bomb. Okay. No. Okay. I, I, just as we talked about cutting Believe out of the argument, I've been cutting Sonny and Cher, because again, that to me is more like Sonny's baby and Cher was kind of his muse or whatever. Um, so, okay. What about Live Aid? Would she have been, you know, considered for Live Aid? She wasn't that hot during that era. Okay. But I thought she had all this staying power. I thought she had been like influencing people for generations. 
not during but there's a lot of great artists that didn't perform at woodstock okay they weren't asked or there was like a whole big to do that maybe that caused like them not to do it i mean okay i don't i don't know what about usa for africa we are the world do you think anyone thought you know who we really need on this song is share or band-aid for that matter you could i could see that Mm -hmm. too okay was she in the we are the world no i mean 75 to 85 she didn't do much she had that was kind of her movie yeah, era. Yeah, that was her okay. movie era. Yeah, she yeah. did theater. She did like I mean, she was kind of like not so much mainstream, but it was more like the dance charts of disco, like with um Take Me Home and all that stuff. But like okay. just to say, John, like didn't Springsteen and Michael Jackson and Prince not go to Live Aid either? Or they declined? Well, they they did. Uh, they were in USA for Africa. I'm just saying these are. And when I think of people who could have been either on the list or in consideration of the list for these large rock and or slash pop cultural events of our lifetime, I highly, highely, highly doubt that Cher was on any of these people's radars. I feel like those actually have been not. I mean, like they were huge at like '69 and '85, like Woodstock and Live Aid. I feel like, and you can make an argument that really that like cultural significance has really gone downhill in the last i would say five to ten years like i don't know if like that's a determinant or not okay i would say correspondingly john would uh bob Pittman have been chasing her down with a microphone asking her to yell Mm. i want my mtv into the camera very good point too that too scotty good point yeah yeah but um, on, the, on the acting, though, I just want to, and especially because just in case, she, on the off chance that Cher listens to this, <laughs> I love Cher, okay? Mm-hmm. Cher, I love you. I don't have anything against you. And mm-hmm. I think that as an actress, iconic, like Mask, can't get enough mm-hmm. of it. I mean, Witches of Eastwick. I mean, she is. All the M movies, Mask, Mermaids, and Moonstruck. <laughs> yeah, Mermaids. Moonstruck uh, is my parents' favorite movie. <laughs> they love it. And so I'm it's not bad of it, John. Yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't want to leave the impression that I don't. I don't really like Cher. I mean, uh-huh. I just. And for me, I I went back and forth because I was initially on Twitter. I was no way, mm-hmm. and then something bad happened. Bob Dylan released his his philosophy of songs book. I thought you say his all share cover album. Yes, <laughs> I would love that. He, that would he put be out fun. this book of sixty six songs for the philosophy of songwriting. And he put share in it with the gypsy oh. champs and thieves. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a second. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a little too fast on this. If uh-huh. if, if that made his 66 songs, maybe there's something to it. Uh, uh-huh. but, but no, it didn't it didn't sway me. I still ended up in the in this, you know, and, and okay. I I still think about Barbara Streisand, you know, like, yeah. like someone that's very similar, great actress, great singer, probably could be like EGOT uh eligible someday, mm-hmm. but my my grandma couldn't name five share songs i couldn't name a share album i have hundreds of thousands of mp3s mm-hmm. i've studied the top 500 albums back and forth i couldn't name a share album you know so she's a singles artist for sure yeah but how many people can name dolly parton songs i mean I'm just if we're gonna play that game like jo- dolly parton way for example. more jolly but keep in mind dolly parton doesn't belong either no, but I'm not saying she belongs or does belong. She's in. So once you're in, you're in. Yeah. Like like Rick Nielsen said, a cheap trick. Um, but it's one of those things where it's kind of like that's actually part of the thing is that even my sister, who doesn't really follow music, doesn't know anything. She knows Cher. <laughs> and, and she like, you know, was like, wait, what? Like, mm-hmm. that's absurd. And for me, it's like, I don't know. 
I don't know where I was going with that. But I don't know. I, I just, just I think I think probably what you're getting at, like, because what I was thinking is there's many artists in the Hall of Fame where I couldn't name a single album. But right. I feel like they, and they do don't belong. Yeah. They don't no, belong I feel like either. they do belong in there. I think they do, so too. They were a singles artist or they were. I mean, there's so much more to it than just like having great albums. You know what I mean? Like, were you a singles? Well, artist? it's a whole you... part. It's the whole package that I was mentioning earlier. I just I feel like she falls short on almost every influential criteria. Uh, Criterion, whatever criteria, it is. criteria, except for a couple of like fashion and uh, you know innovation, and I don't even you know even the innovation is questionable. We should talk about I think, um, I think one of the reasons why she has had the staying power she has is her is because she's been so embraced by the LGBT community. Would you agree, Josh? especially in recent years i would say yes. this century especially yeah right i um, i would agree with that yes i think that that helps um that helps make her generational that makes help her, that helps make her uh cultural impact that much more that much stronger is because she is a flashpoint or an influence or whatever a queen to this you know to this uh group of people absolutely um Again, I don't know that these are things that make you eligible for the Rock Hall, but... Um, but I think nice it things. plays into the factor because, like, and, I, and I'll speak for myself, at least, I think with Cher, the reason why she's so embraced by the LGBTQ community is I think they saw themselves in Cher, like the yeah. way that they see themselves through Dolly Parton and Tina Turner, women who tried to make it on their own, who are often ridiculed in their, like, when they were, like, starting out in the business, but then because of their smart business decisions or they're just friggin' talented women who overcame so much adversity, abuse, um, ridicule, criticism, and they got the last laugh. And I think that's partly why Cher is so beloved by that community because they see themselves in her and they're like, you know what? I could do this. If she, if Cher can do it, I can do it. And maybe I'm wrong on this, but that's how I always feel about, um, artists like that and it can go into like diana ross it can go into like people who are actually in the hall too yeah. um and even diana ross who we're not talking about her work is going to really reevaluated by critics and scholars and i wouldn't be shocked if she gets in the next year or two as a solo artist i was going to ask big. you that so diana ross is not in as a solo artist no she is uh in of course with the supremes right. who's one of the first women to ever be okay. inducted in 88 yeah. but Never came up as a solarist, but here's the thing, John, that I think we're missing from this whole puzzle is uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is all about putting on a show. It's all about an award show at the end of the day. They have to answer to HBO because HBO does the telecast and they kind of have a say sometimes in who gets on the ballots and who, you know, how the show is shaped up. Sometimes they have to work with what they got, but they ultimately want headline names. Something I think we're forgetting about this is that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame needs share more than the other way around they know for a fact if she's on a ballot she would be one of the first three people mentioned in any new york times rolling stone any major publication piece and if she got in she'd be the same way it would be like share x y and z are in and she's easy to market she's a name she would probably headline the show i would think like no one's gonna going after Cher and every oh, no. and she's going to give an amazing speech and say fuck all of you people for making me wait and she's going to perform and she's going to like it's going to happen they need her more than they need that she needs them 
don't know. And I if mean, that's I, how she gets in, then then that then it's a bad system. Because yeah. then no, it's not that it's a bad system, but you you also have to remember that they have to sell concert tickets for these ceremonies. She is number five or six on the fan kiosk at the museum. That's the highest ranked woman, and a lot of it before and after it's like populist classic rock or new wave artists or whatever. She you, is someone that they. It doesn't make sense why they wouldn't, unless they're saving her for uh, a ceremony. I, I'm with Scott on this. I can't imagine Dave Grohl or Pink. Well, Pink maybe. Um, Steven Tyler or any of the people that I've seen on the front row of the most recent one saying, "Ooh, shares in this year. We got to buy tickets." Or people who are casual fans on a, having HBO and say, Cher got in this year. I am definitely watching the broadcast of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And people would. She creates, I like, she could do anything today. John, I Googled her. She, like, had something that she tweeted, and it was, like, on, like, USA Today. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I, that's the way she, like, like where I think we're discounting just how massive of a presence and footprint she has. I even guess. All the Almond Brothers would buy a ticket, because, I mean, she was married to Dwayne Almond for so many years. <laughs> yeah, and she's in the museum technically because they have like a little Almond Brothers yeah. thing and yes, like, thank, her you. Jacket. thank you. Yes. I was going to um, ask what women, solo artist women, are in the Hall of Fame that you would compare her to. Good question. We talked about people that aren't in. We're talking about Cindy Lauper. We're talking, you know, what because like, I can think of like Joni Mitchell. You know, well, she's nowhere near that. You know, like no. probably the closest would be like Madonna, Whitney Houston, Janet, Tina Jackson. Turner. Tina Turner, yeah. Tina Turner's in or not in? She's in. Oh, she's, she's in, in twice. Yeah. In twice, okay. See, I mean, when I think of Cher, I compare Cher more to Bette Midler. And um, uh, that's great, you know, but... But Bette is great, uh, though. Like, like Bette puts on a hell of a so, show. My mom said yeah, that was one of the Bette best Bette shows. Yeah, but does belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Not but even. Bette, but to be fair, though, Bette Midler has appeared at a lot of ceremonies here since she inducted both Darlene Love and Laura Nero back to back. One of the very few people to actually do just it. And she's I a voter. Just because I introduced a category at the Oscars doesn't mean that I deserve my own Oscar. But she has a Kennedy Center honor that she got last year, Bette Midler. I mean, like, Great. she's also. I mean, I I'm know, not I, saying I see... they're not. They're not. That's a false equivalent. I mean, you don't. Just because you have a Kennedy doesn't mean you belong in the Rock Hall. Doesn't mean, mean you one. belong in the football hall of fame either you know i'm not saying and that that's a disqualifier that but it, but it's like to say that she's like you know it's like a lesser thing i mean like it's to each their own but like Cher has a distinctive rock period and she has distinctive rock and pop songs and no offense the rock hall has never just subscribed to one idea of rock and roll and that's kind of the beauty of it it's its subjectivity is that you can have someone like eminem who's hip-hop and country like dolly Parton and r&b like lionel richie and uh rock and pop like carly simon and it all kind of fits and it's like this uh dysphoria is what i like to call it on my website of just these different musical styles and trends and movements that kind of make up what we think of essentially as popular music i actually Gosh. agree i kind of agree with john's point a little bit in that like you know you don't necessarily mean they, they you know meet certain criteria just because you've inducted people or what have you but that being said i i don't really see the bet midler share comparison there really that's, oh, i think that's yeah, like i don't see that at obvious all obvious actresses show tunes uh, show tunes. No, all... shares, when is Cher Wait, when does Cher done show tunes, really? <laughs> well, I think her, I, I, I would say a lot of, there's almost like a show tune-esque. When, when, when Bette Midler did um, Beast of Burden, it was funny to watch someone like Bette Midler 
adopt a rock persona. And that's what I feel about Cher. Because she plays into that. That's her can't be personality. But but, but Cher I think has Cher does the exact that, same thing. Oh, I think when Cher became mm, like, you know, the Richie Sambora of rock or whatever in the 80s, I felt like, look at me, I'm going to try this. And then I'm going to do the Shoop Shoop song. And then I'm going to do the Believe. And I'm going to, I'm just going to try on all these different outfits. I, I don't know. I don't icon. really see it. Really? I don't see it either, John. Midler. I think I'm more on your side on this, John, because I think when you name those other people that are in and we talk about, I think she's more like the people that are out yeah. than the people that are in. She's more like uh, Barbara Streisand or who was yep. the other one that you just Matt mentioned? Midler. Matt yeah. Midler. Then she is Whitney Houston or uh, what was the other one we just talked about? Madonna. Madonna. Tina I, mean, Tur I can see some Tina equivalences. Tina, but... I mean, but Tina Turner is insanely talented. You know, and Tina has street cred. As a... Cher has never had street cred. Tina Turner versus Cher. Tina I mean, all Tina day. Turner crushes. Yeah. I mean, they performed together, and they're like really good friends. She was in the package video for Tina last year that we when we went to the ceremony. Josh, if you remember, I think and people were Cher's screaming, friends... like screaming when they saw Cher. And I'm not. And I'm going to say this too. I'm not saying like I'm the biggest Cher fan per se. I just think sometimes like this the. The sky is blue and I know what these people are going to do that I kind of know some of these people that I feel like that they're sort of going to get to her at some point because they need her to put on a show and they have to ultimately get to her because she's freaking worthy as hell. And it's like the like, what was that shirt, Josh, that they had like Paul McCartney in 99? It was like about fucking time. Like like her daughter, his yeah. daughter wore on stage. That would be share, like in a nutshell. Like she would just be like, "Yes, I got it. I should have gotten it." But like, the fact that it happens doesn't mean it should. In the same yeah. way, Dolly Parton. You know, like we're not debating. You know, are they gonna? We're debating yeah. should they. And yeah. I say, well, no. that's the whole point of rock and roll. Is it's subjective. So what may not move you might move well, someone else. But, but that doesn't I, mean that it's. That's what I've been trying wrong. to establish with this conversation is that all of the pillars of what makes an artist deserving of the rock hall, to me, most of them, Cher comes up short. Well, and you also if have she to doesn't, think... it's usually because of someone feeling like Believe belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Here's the I thing too, John, just to like back up for a sec. So it's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Fame being a huge part of it with a capital F. Like well, there's some artists that I'm not going to name, but like they're definitely more famous than Innovation, but that doesn't necessarily discount how much of an impact that they had on the rock and roll culture or landscape or anything like that. And Cher is definitely famous. And I think that sometimes you have to take that into consideration. Is yeah, that but you're emphasizing if, the fame and I'm emphasizing the rock and roll. But I don't know what you want us to say to say that she isn't or she is rock and roll. Like she's not rock and roll. She's not. I, I, I think I think that's more of a hot take than anything because I think that almost everyone that we know would probably say she's definitely rock and roll. I mean, if you give Kim Kardashian four top 10 hits that somebody else wrote that she sings that aren't very difficult, she share. Yeah. But True. like, I'm just saying, like, I don't know how else to say that she is. I mean, we gave like a lot of examples, like to, to kind of yeah. help. Well, that's, figure... that's the beauty uh, of this conversation. Yeah. And here's yeah. my, my, the thing that I've always felt anyway, like, like with the saying that this person, you know, isn't, you know, rock and roll, quote unquote, as we know it or whatever, like, mm -hmm. because you're seeing rap artists get in and, and whatnot. And you're seeing, you know, I mean, Dolly's far from the first country artist to get in the rock and roll hall of fame. Right. You know, I mean, from it really, honestly, from its inception, they've never, adhered to what like what people kind of think of when they hear rock and roll mm -hmm. as a term you know like just you know guitars 
and you know and that's that you know what i mean it's really always been um about basically just popular music in general you know what i mean and, right. well, it's been about it's, an attitude. And perhaps it's been like okay yeah absolutely yeah it's been about like an attitude um and it's i guess it's just for some reason they chose that as the rock and roll is the umbrella term because i guess it was kind of like the dominant form of music mm -hmm. since you know since the 1950s mm -hmm. and that's been mm -hmm. what pop culture is all about and so i you know it's it's it, it's hard it's hard for me to for me to wrap my head around you know like it's it's not being quote you know rock and roll i'm like well that's okay because there's i mean it never really was necessarily about rock and roll i mean i like agree that's with aretha and and so many of those yeah. artists and 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 you know um hank williams all mm -hmm. those people got in like the first year it started you know my feeling and it, i mean a broad panning out from this micro conversation my macro feeling about the rock hall is that it just should have different wings it's the rock and roll hall of fame umbrella and here's the alternative rock wing and here's the folk wing and here's the country wing and here's the r&b wing and there's the uh rap wing or whatever and each wing has its own um you know kind of tentacle hall of fame that rises up to the and and if they want to have like a pop culture wing of the rock and roll hall of fame that's where her and tina and dolly and Barry Manilow or anyone else can go into that one if they want to. But I'm with you. I mean, to me, as I was saying, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is about the attitude of rock and roll. That's why I read the first thing at the beginning. Their music not only moved generations, but also influenced the sound of countless artists that followed. And she didn't do either of those things, really. Not enough to merit being in there. But if they ever create the diva, or the you know, diva, VH1 diva, wing uh with like a bunch of co fun covers and fashion dresses and stuff like that multi-hyphenate wing of the rock and roll hall of fame shares a first ballot on that one for sure isn't, isn't there something to be said though i mean i know you're talking about some of this country and the rap and all that but a lot of that can influence and advise rock music as well definitely you know? that's so, why yes like, absolutely. without dolly parton you might not get some of the bands that had some country influence and things like that or rap artists can influence you know like you go back to you know like robert johnson that's definitely not rock and roll but there ain't no rock and roll without robert johnson so we could put yeah. him in the hall of fame and sure. say it's okay that he wasn't a rock star sure yeah well the thing is is that like to add to josh and yours's point is that rock and roll is what connects the dots from country to hip-hop and that's where the intersect is and that's why yes. it's essentially that called diagram. rock and roll even though at that moment in time when they were um ahmed erdogan and jan wenner were creating the rock and roll hall of fame in 83 and then it's first class at 86 I, you know there's always the argument from people who usually have a very like specific viewpoint that oh it should be the popular music hall of fame well, that's where the rock and roll it intersects, and that's why you could get all these types of artists then who had an impact or um, a, a, an imprint on rock and roll that maybe don't identify as rock and roll, but they certainly add to the conversation and the legacy and all that to what we know of as rock and roll music. And, you know, it's just one of those things where that intersection helps at least keep it afloat. And also it's just... I think, you know, it's a term people know as well. It's just an easy thing to, um, yeah. I guess, have uh, like Rock and Roll of Fame or Rock Hall. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm also thinking for some reason this popped into my head. I'm thinking of somebody like Ricky Nelson randomly ah. who, who was like, 
he only had like I can only name like three or four Ricky Nelson songs. I don't think he wrote any of them and stuff like that. Um, and nobody really knows who he is today, you know. But he's in the Rock and Hall of Fame, you know. But well, he was he in the was second kind of, class. Yeah, I think his he was a trendsetter in terms of rockabilly and kind of that the Dion's and the Frankie Valleys and that kind of you know Eddie Cochran's and those kinds of people that were the early people of rock. I, that makes a little more sense to me than Cher does. But anyway, um, I think we're I think we can wrap it up and I think we can wrap it up because I think we determined that I was right. And that makes me really, really happy about this. You do you, my friend. Can I share, yeah. can I share a story? Really yes. Quickly before we share something. Yes, of course. Um, of course it's, it's, it's my share concert story, which I, it's yes. always fun. Um, so in, this was like not long before COVID. I think it was 2019. Uh, I went to see share and Nile Rogers open, mm. open for share there, there in and of itself is a good connection. Like, yeah, I know. Influence now Rogers to, yeah. Anyway. Um, so I was, you know, I was really excited to go. I had horrible nosebleed seats in the 300 section. I paid 50 bucks for it, but it was whatever. I get to go see share well, was the night of the concert. I bought them through StubHub and I never didn't, hadn't gotten the tickets and it was the night of the show. And you know, you start to panic. Um, so I called them and I, you know, I'm like, I don't know, really know what to do. I don't have my tickets. The show starts in like three and a half hours. Um, can you figure out what's going on? So the, the people on the line said that whoever was selling the tickets backed out. So I didn't, didn't have tickets. I was like, Oh, well that really sucks. I was really <laughs> disappointed. So, um, they, so they're like, you know, let's see if we can replace them for you or anything. Like this. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I waited for a couple minutes and, um, they get back on the line and she goes, we did find new tickets for you to replace. I was really happy. And she goes, and, and, and they're in the eighth row. And I was like, okay, that's great. But how much more am I, what's going to be the balance? How much more are we going to have to be? She goes, oh no, nothing. Cause we're just replacing your tickets. <laughs> so I wow. got to see her in the eighth row. Yeah. Yes. Good for you, <laughs> I, Josh. I love, Thank love, you. love that story. I mean, <laughs> yes. and also just to add really quick, now Rogers did a, a new story. Cause I had this on my blog because I mm -hmm. quoted him. He said in 2019, but in our business, you can perform at shares level, not get in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't make sense. And you like Mal Rogers, right? John? Yeah, frankly, that quote has done more to sway me that she might belong in than anything you chuckleheads have said today. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I we... love Niall so much. But yes, I'm, I get it. I get it. She's an entertainer. By we all can't means. convert the non-believers, I guess, even though that's like 95% <laughs> of the world. Um... <laughs> all right. Final word here, Nick. Do you want to? throw out one last thought or anything or are you good well if i if i could just recite the first part of if i could turn back time but change if i could turn back time for john no i'm uh, kidding um <laughs> i think Cher is the most egregious snub that has never appeared on a ballot the sheer fact that she has never appeared on a ballot is downright insulting and i think that it is robbing her fans and also the rock and roll world and also just the world in general of someone who did what she wanted was always successful and she knew how to do it. And I think she is one of the most uh, beloved, most successful and just greatest entertainers of our work of our time. And no one in the last 60 years, I think comes close to proven how adaptable, versatile and great that she is. She's mm -hmm. the most slam dunk. If she's ever on a ballot, she's getting in. Like she has every checkbox with every demographic of voters that I know. Okay. Okay. Scotty, final words. Cher, I love you. And I'm sorry about all the things I said about you in this podcast. And they made me say it. Um, <laughs> you deserve to be in the hall of fame and uh, what? Know, full support. 
Have no. you flopped a team? No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't flop, but I, I don't want Cher to be mad at me. That really hurt. <laughs> she chimed in on the Twitter. It's like I, know, I don't need Cher mad at me. <laughs> That's true. Well, um, yeah, I, uh, I just, uh, you know, Cher and Dolly belong in the Hall of Fame of life, but I don't think their story um, says anything about the spirit of rock and roll, the influence of rock and roll, the cultural impact of rock and roll, the rebellion, the uh, the beauty, the none of it. I, I just don't think, I feel like that's not her strong suit. And that's okay. She has many other uh, talents that have made her the icon she is. They just don't uh, belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Anyway, all right, I'm going to click stop recording, and then we're going to put this out here in a second. Let me do that.